am alive from God's great dance for a feeling alive. I come alive. I am alive from God's great dance for. Where's my kids at? You guys remember this? I'm talking to all you right here. Let's get low. Low. Real low. Come on. One, two, three. Hey! Sing, you'll never. You'll never stop loving me. No matter how far we run. You'll never give up on us. All of heaven is yeah. Let the future begin. You'll never stop loving us. No matter how far we run. You'll never give up on us. All of heaven is yeah. Let the sing it. I feel alive. I come alive. I am alive. I'm God's great dance boy. I feel alive. We just come before you today with humble hearts, Lord. We know that no matter what we're going through, God, that you'll take us just as we are. God, no matter what we're facing, can never overtake you, can never overtake your power. The darkness, the things that try to overtake us will never be greatness, be greater than the, the light that's in you. God, so take us right now just as we are. All we can bring is all that we have. So we just bring all that we are. We bring it to you because all, all I can bring is me. I can't bring any more than where I'm at right now. So I lay it at your feet. Lord, take us as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice unto you. We made it here, God, so meet us here right now. Thank you, Jesus. Fall in this place today, Lord God. Holy Spirit, mend us in the way that only you can. Meet us today here, Lord Jesus.
physical healing it's here right now if you need a spiritual healing it's here right now you have to receive it into your life just take it receive it from God right now it's yours for the taking and just thank him for it
is the power yours is the glory Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory. One more time, one last time, with all my yours. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever. Amen. Let heaven come. Heavenly Father, I just pray you be here right now, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, we call, Lord God, with authority, Lord, knowing, Lord, that we can come to the throne of God boldly, Lord God, because Christ came for us before that, Lord God. Now we have access to you, Lord God. We have access to who you are, Lord God. And forever, Lord God, we will worship you, Lord God. I pray if you're going through a tough time, begin to worship. That's how you break through. You break through worship, I pray, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I don't care how you feel. Break through in worship. God is bigger than our situation, and God is bigger than what we're going through, Lord God. Jesus, you deserve worship no matter what we're going through, Lord God. You deserve worship no matter how we're feeling, Lord God, forever, because yours is the kingdom, power, and glory. We don't only say that, Lord. We believe it in our lives, Lord God, forever, Lord God, forever. Be in this place today, Lord. We honor you today, Lord God. We give you praise, Lord God, and not just praise of our lips, Lord God, but the praise of our lives, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. God bless you. Greet someone right next to you. Greet someone right next to you as you guys are sitting. Good morning. We're glad you're here this morning. Thank you for coming to Hill City Church in Thornton, Colorado. Woo! My husband is representing the city of Thornton in the division championships. He's playing in, t in a tennis tournament this morning. And they went to state! Woo! So, he's representing Thornton this morning. I want to welcome some special people here this morning. Everyone who is 18 and under, could you lift your hand and do a little wave? Woo! Today we've got the kids in with us this morning, and we're so glad they're here. I want Ethan to come up for a second. Come on up. We're doing something special in Hill City Kids. We are bringing our tithe and our offering to church, and we're going to do something really awesome with that. So I want Ethan to tell you, what are we raising money for right now in Hill City Kids? Homeless people. Care packages. We are going, we're raising money now for the near future to make care packages for the homeless. We're going to be making them during Hill City Kids on a Sunday morning here so your kids will get to participate in that. Actually put the kids together, all the money that they're bringing will buy the supplies to make those. So we're really excited for our kids. And then we're hoping to send a package home with every family in our church so then when you are out driving around and you see someone in need, your kids can say, oh, we have this package. Let's give it to them and see if it can help them. So we're going to be able to teach our kids how to show compassion in that way. So the kids are really excited about it, right? Thank you, Ethan. Awesome. 
If you're new to our church, we want to welcome you this morning. We're glad you're here. We're not going to embarrass you and make you do a dance around the church or anything. But there is information, um, and we hope that you'll stop out and, and let us get to know you a little bit. Also, we're going to be doing baptisms in a couple weeks on August 14th. It's really, really exciting. Our whole church gathers out in the, the entryway outside, and we're going to baptize some people. So if you're interested in being baptized or you know someone who is, please sign up on your way. Also, there's a table out there that you can sign up. So welcome. Thanks for being here this morning. Give her a hand. Not easy, not easy to just speak in front of you guys. Sometimes you guys give us the stare down, like say something good, monkey boy, right? But I, I, I just want the ushers to come up as we uh, get ready to give. And uh, more than anything, let's, uh, we want the kids to be in here because we want to set an example for them. But you know what? We, uh, we think that, you know, one day we say children are the future of the church. And uh, we, we, we don't say that around here. We say the children are the church of today. The youth are the church of today. They're not only our future. They are of us today. And they worship God today. And, and so we want them to be with us in family. And we want to honor them. We love them. Uh, but as you guys prepare to give and uh, make sure you write that out to Hill City Church because people are still writing it out to Thrive Church North, but just to write that out to Hill City Church and you can give online and things like that. Uh, but just know that, um, that all you're giving is a, what we're going to set up homeless bags. Everything that we do here, we, we release out. We, we want to be a church that, that uh, learns to give out. You know, as, as we start off on this path, we've been going through our, our core values and things. But I, I pray that we be generous givers and, 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 and that, we, that we are prepared to be generous in our lives and our giving and everything that we do. But let's pray in our giving and then we will get this thing rolling. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the children to be with us, the youth to be with us, Lord God. And all of us in here with the new visitors, we are grateful that people came. But more than anything, we're grateful that you're here, God. Because we, we will never forget that, that church is about you. It's not about us, Lord God. It's about honoring you. We come with a gift for you, Lord. Our praise for you, Lord God. We honor you. We love you. We thank you, Lord God. And as we give and as we live, Lord God, and as we, as we live out our lives, Lord God, let it bring glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you guys as you give, as you give. Thank you, guys. And uh, once again, if you are new here, my name is John. Thank you for being here. Um, and uh, we're just grateful. We're just grateful that you're here. We're continuing the series called We Are Hill City. And, uh, and, and that's, we're just telling you who we are. We want to set up our core values. And our core value, we're on core value number four. It's called engaging life. Or another way to say it is missional living. Say engaging life. Say missional living. We believe that everyone in this room is a missionary. You just don't know it yet. You are. You're a missionary to wherever you go. You are on mission for God. Sometimes we forget that we ourselves are missionaries. We think we send missionaries and that we like missionaries and they go to the foreign field. But we, we, we are, wherever you are, you are a missionary. And we say wherever you are, there you are, right? And if God is with you, then, then you are a mission. You're on mission. We forget it sometimes, and that's what we're going to talk about today. 
And before we continue, um, just, just, I just want you guys to focus in on our core values. You want to put the core values up there, Anthony? These are our four core values. Encountering Jesus, just say this with me. Encountering Jesus, becoming family, finding purpose, engaging life. If you want to know what our church is about, that's what it's about. It's about encountering Jesus, becoming family, finding purpose, and engaging life. And it goes in that order. I want people to live, I want people to go through this church and at the end of it to engage life, to be missional with their life, to be a missionary in this life. And that's what we're, we went through all the encounter Jesus, finding fab, becoming family, finding purpose, and today is in, engaging, engaging life. And I wrote here, and it's on the, it's, uh, it's something that we believe. It says, we are the light of the world. We make our lives visible and accessible to others on purpose. You make it accessible on purpose. I know many of us, we don't make our lives accessible on purpose. <laughs> We're like, nope. Nope, maybe, you know, but we make our lives accessible on purpose. We are disciples who make disciples formally and informally to restore our world by living as Jesus did. We strive to make Jesus famous in our generation. We do. And now before we get into this, I'm going to pray, but what I'm going to do right from the beginning, I'm going to share what the bigger God story is. Sometimes we know the shorter story, but I want to tell you the bigger God story we are all a part of called the gospel. And today's crazy. I woke up today and my face was all puffed up. I was like, I think I'm having an allergic reaction and I can't feel my lips and I still can't. So I was like, all right. So if I say crazy things, I've taken too many Benadryls. So I want to I forewarn you that I might say crazy things. Uh, because I am loopy when I take it. But um, I want us, but I, I don't want it to stop the message that God has for today. We could have called up someone else, you do it. But I don't want to stop what God has for us today. Because when I, I tell you sometimes I have the worst mornings on Sunday morning. And when I have those mornings, those are the mornings that I need to break through. That nothing can stop us from proclaiming what God has put on my heart. Because today, I told you two weeks ago, it's going to be heavy. You guys ready for heavy, right? And I hope you've been prayed up and God's been working on your heart because today is going to be heavy because it is the mission of God that we're going to speak about. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord God, we wake up our spirits today, Lord God. It doesn't matter if I got a puffy face and I talk crazy, Lord God. I pray the message is the message because it comes from your word. It reveals Jesus Christ and it changes lives, Lord God. And I pray that's what we hang our lives on, Lord God, not just our, our Sundays on, but our lives on is the words of your word, Lord God, the authority of God for our lives in Jesus Christ. And I pray today with the young ones, Lord God, to all the way to the old ones, Lord God, change our lives today with your word. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. So I'm going to go with the bigger story. Say bigger story. See, we are all part of a story, right? But then there's a bigger story that God is telling. And it's not, it's not, it's not what we think. It's a bigger story. We believe, we believe as a church that, that behind everything in the universe, God created it all with harmony and rhythm. In the beginning, God created life with harmony and rhythm. It was at peace. 
and the universe was a canvas of his glory. It was just the way he made it, and he and he and 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 this it was for his enjoyment in the Bible for at least two chapters. And then sin comes into the world and breaks the harmony, disrupts the shalom or the peace, sending things out of control. And that's what sin does. Sin comes into our lives and it begins to send things out of control. When one sin leads to another sin, to lead to another, you got to cover up that one. And at the end of it all, we find ourselves in a place we don't want to find ourselves. And we say, and I've said this in my life plenty of times, how did I get here? How did I get here? You're like, I can't believe I got there. That was in such a short time. That's how sin moves in our lives. We think, oh, it's just a little thing. I can just change a little here and there. You know, I'll cut God out of here. And soon enough, it enters in into our lives. And it disrupts us, taking what God has made and perverting them. Such as, just as, just as anger turns into rage very quickly. And in the Bible, anger turned into murder and love turns into lust and perversion, and work can turn into identity very quickly. Something that God has made for good can be turned into something wrong as we idolize it, as we deify it, you know? And that's what's going on with what sin does. And all that was right is now broken because of sin and bring about the fall of man. So you still with me? I'm going through creation. I'm going through the story of God here. And, 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 and so man is kicked out of the garden, separated from God due to sin, because if God is with man in his sin, the holiness of God would kill that man. And so God had to kick him out from his presence, and, uh, but all because of sin. Yet God intervenes in the middle of broken creation, sending himself in the flesh, and his name is, a, what's his name, kids? Who did God send? His son. Jesus, that's good. He sends Jesus and he dies on the cross to take on our punishment, our judgment, our wrath for our sin. And I, I know this is very basic, but I want to I describe what the bigger story is. So God makes a way to redeem us, making a way back to God. And that's good news for us, that Jesus came, died on the cross, so we can make our way back to God. And if you're here and you feel too far from God, let me tell you, the cross of Jesus is bigger than our sin. It's bigger than what you're going through. I'm telling you, you are not too far from God for him to heal you, to change you, to bring him close to you. I know we feel a certain way, but I'm telling you, don't always trust your feelings. You got to trust God's word that he's going to draw us close and we have a way back to God. And now for most of us who grew up in church, that's where the story ends. We say, Jesus, we say, we're like, yay, Jesus, boo devil, right? He died on the cross, and now we have salvation. And that's usually where the story ends for most people who grew up in church. The story stops right there with our salvation. God is so good. He's redeemed us. He has saved us. So uh, it goes from creation to fall to redemption. And most of the time, that's where we stop teaching. We say, okay, we're saved now. We got our ticket to heaven we're good. But that's not, you know what, why that does not make sense? It's called the Bible. The Bible does not end at salvation as many times we teach ourselves or we teach, if it, it doesn't stop at redemption. There's a whole story. And when we stop at redemption, when we stop at our own salvation, now I'm following God. When we stop there, we begin to think that God is about me. 
We say, oh, since we stopped the salvation, God must be about me, my story, my life, my blessings, my salvation. I must be the main character of the story because God loves me so much, he wants to save me. But listen, in this story of life, you're not Matt Damon. You're not. You're not Zac Efron, all right? You are not. You are not the main character. Honestly, in the view of eternity, we are just people in the crowd scene. So if you think of all of eternity, how vast it is, you think you're this main character, but honestly, we're all like crowds people. We're like, we were talking about, I think a couple days ago, that Candace was in a movie when she was a kid. She was in the crowd scene. And I was like, and they said, what movie were you in? And she was like, oh, it's a movie called Mississippi Burning. I was like, you were in a racist movie. She was four, but I still blame her, all right? I was like, how dare you be in that movie? But, but you can't even see her. They, she got to pick out her clothes. They gave her 30 bucks, and she, like, walked by. And it's crazy because we go, we, we say to God, God, did you see that? Did you see how I walked by? We think we're the main character. Can you imagine if you told all your friends, you called them, I was in this movie, you should see me. I'm in, uh, in, in 10 minutes, in 45 seconds, you'll see me walk by for half a second. Can you, t can you imagine if you told everyone how much you were the main character and then they saw you and they're like, I don't think I saw you. Yeah, it was my back. It was awesome. But that's how we live life sometimes. We think it's about us when we just walked by the scene while we're one word of the single, uh, uh, one single word of the book. And I'm not trying to hurt every, anyone's feelings to saying, oh, you're not precious in this side and all that stuff. I'm just saying when we think that, uh, that life and God is about us and, and, and faith is about us and, and then we get confused when we go through hardship or when we face death or when we face struggles or when we face pain. The story seems wrong because the story is about us, right? Or something must be wrong with God. How dare he hurt me? Many people, the first thing we do when something goes wrong, we say, God, where are you? What's going on, God? How dare you hurt me? How dare you not provide for me? He does, doesn't he know who I am? Didn't he see that scene where I walked by and he, they saw my back? Didn't they see that scene? And, the, and, it, it's, and when we laugh at it, it's that crazy when we, when we are mad at God for not making our life perfect because we're not the main character, folks. We are not the main character. And I know we don't actually say that, God, I'm the main character of this story. I just wanted to let you know. But when our faith and our redemption and our salvation, what God did, what Jesus did on the cross is about a better me, about our redemption, we won't understand our purpose in life. We won't. The mission that we're supposed to carry. We're missing the rest of the story. And the rest of the story goes creation, fall, redemption, and there's this last word called restoration. Restoration. Our redemption has to lead to restoration, that we are part of Jesus' crew now doing what Jesus did. That's what restoration is. Jesus saved us, not for us, but so we could live entirely, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, with our resources, our gifts, and everything that we do, we give Jesus ownership so that we can become part of the restoration story. 
It's part of the restoration story. The crazy part is when life is about you, that's where most of our problems come. Isn't that true? Well, well you know why we get mad at work when we don't get the raise and someone else gets it? Because we think it's about me, right? We wouldn't be angry if you're like, man, you did such a good job, Chase. You were actually a better worker than I am. Congratulations. No, you're like, I hate Chase. I'm going to try to find something. I, he, I can't believe he took my parking spot. You, you know, we, we get mad because we think it's my parking spot, my job that I should have got, my increase. Uh, husbands and wives, we do this a lot. The only reason we get mad at our husbands because they did something against me, right? We are, when we are the center of our focus, man, our focus, man, our lives get shaken so bad. It just does. Because we, when we make life about me, more problems arise and, we, and it becomes so blatant because we think, God shouldn't do this. I thought, th I thought I was the main character. But when it's about God and the suffering comes or hardship comes, we understand, God, for your greater purpose, whatever you want to do. I know my wife is really bossy, but teach her, Lord, to love me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, but you, you know, you understand to work together. It changes the outlook. It changes the priorities when it's not about you. But when it's about you, you're like, um, ugh, I can't believe it's this way. You, you, you feel this angst within you. And, and it's crazy. When we give Jesus our ownership over our lives, we become a part of the, his story. He begins to use us, use the church to restore broken places. You are supposed to restore broken places places in the bible that's what you're known for until his return at which jesus will perfect all things and that's the whole story that's the whole story when jesus restores all things so from the beginning god said this he said i will bless you i will save you i will heal you so that you might be an agent of healing blessing and saving and hope let me show you i'm going to show you in the life of abraham genesis 12 2 to 3 it says this i will make you oh genesis 12 2 to 3 all right we celebrate the word of god around here i was looking at the time i was like i better go faster all right but it says i will make you into a great nation i will bless you i will make your name great you're like oh man god you it, it sounds like you really like me <laughs> it sounds like it's all about me <laughs> You're going to make me great, a great nation. You're going to bless me, and I'm going to make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and you curse those who curse you. And all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. So the reason that God blesses us is not for our blessing. It's for so that God can bless through us. The reason that God gives us finances or gifts or anything else that, or talents in your hand, the way some people can speak, the way someone can sing, is not so that you can be blessed, it's so that God can use you to bless through you. You're an agent of God's blessing on this earth. You are an agent of God's restoration here on earth. That's what you're supposed to do. And, but here's why. So all the nations will be blessed through you. I'm going to make it right through you, Abraham. And Jesus came through the line of Abraham, so that promise was fulfilled. And so God's promise stands true today, not only for Abraham, but for us. You and I are saved, healed, and made whole. Not so it stops with us, but so it pours out of us. Think about that. It pours 
out of us unto a broken and a hurting world. God blesses to be a blessing. The idea of restoration is not only found in Abraham, but it's found literally in every book of the Bible. Every single book of the Bible has a point saying God's blessing through you. God's love is going through you. God's story is going to end through you. It's not about us. It's about Jesus restoring all things through him and through us. See, I'm going to read you some verses if you don't believe me that God wants to restore and bring justice and mercy. Say justice and mercy. God is so serious about justice and mercy, guys. So serious. Uh, there's many times we're not serious about it, but God is very, very serious. Micah 6.8, what does the Lord require of you? but to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Hosea 6.6, 6, for I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Zechariah 7, it says, this is what the Lord Almighty said to administer true justice, show mercy and compassion for one, one another. Do not oppress the widow and the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. Isaiah 1, 16 and 17, wash yourselves and make yourselves clean. Remove all evil deeds before my eyes cease to do evil. Learn to do good because we can't, we don't just do good. We need to learn how to do it. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Correct oppression. Correct oppression. When people, when there's a people group or when there's a people being oppressed, your job is to correct it, not to say, why are they being oppressed? We are supposed to be part of the restoration. Bring justice to the fatherless to the widow's cause, over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, the Bible cries out, what you do for the least of these, Jesus said, you do for me. If you, if you lend to the poor, you're lending to God. If you bless the poor, you're blessing God. The way you love the least of these is the way you love God. That's what the Bible says. And I'm going to get even a little deeper here, a little more serious, because restoration is not an option. Engaging this life it's not an option when you got things together. It is not an option. Go to Isaiah 58. For weeks I've been struggling with this. I, this has brought me to tears because it's convicting my own life how far I am from God's mercy and justice. How far I am from the calling of God. But it's good because at least it's alerting my mind. And I hope it's alerting yours when, as I'm reading this. Because most of the time this is not you. This is not me. We, we have a faith, and we've learned the faith. We grew up in church where it ended up with our salvation. We're like, yay, God, thanks for saving us. And we worship God saying, thanks for saving us. And we forget that God saved us for a purpose. And so Isaiah 58, it's been so convicting, and I know I must change, and I must listen to God. And if this means nothing to you, I'm scared for your salvation. If this does not move you, I will tell you this. I don't know if you're saved. I like to throw that out every once in a while because that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible, I'm not saying it, I'm not judging your salvation. I'm just, a judge, I'm just telling you what the Bible says when we don't have a heart like Christ, when we feel farther and farther away from Christ and we don't do or live these things. And I, and I don't, and I'll break it down for you. Isaiah 58, 1 to 3. It says, shout it aloud, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. God is telling Isaiah, scream this out so everyone can hear it. Just be an absolute psycho so that people can hear you. Hear my message. He's like, like, if this was Lord of the Rings, he was like, blow the horn of Gondor. The orcs are coming. 
all right? He's like, blow the horn of Gondor, Isaiah. Go nuts, man. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sin. So what is this horrible rebellion? What is this horrible sin in Isaiah 58? And it's crazy. Verse 2, for day, this is their sin. For day after day, they seek me out. You're like, uh, God, uh, that sounds like a good thing. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does right. You're like, so they seek you out and they're eager to know your ways. You're like, both good things, right? You're confused. Then it says, uh, the, uh, like, like, does what is right and has not forsaken the commandments of their God. They ask me to do just decisions and seem eager for God to come near to them. Everything, hear it, this is so crazy. So they are eager to seek me. They want just decisions from God, and they want God to come near them. It, it sounds all good things. Verse 3, why have we fasted? They said, they're even fasting, and you have not seen it. Why have we humbled ourselves, and you have not noticed? They're humbling themselves. They're eager to seek God. They're praising and worshiping God. It sounds like all good things. They, they, they're seeking God. They're eager. They're fasting. They're literally doing what God has commanded them to do. They go to church. They pray. They listen to Caleb, right? They try not to swear, right? They carry their Bibles. They don't watch rated R movies. Yet, they're saying, why have you not noticed, God? Don't you see what I'm doing? And God answers in verse 6, is not this the kind of fast I've chosen? What you're doing is not what I want. This is what I want you to do, to loose the chains of injustice, to unite the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free. The oppressed. Who's oppressed? Everyone, think about the oppression that's going on around our world. Think about Syria. Think about racism. There's oppression still going on in our country. And think about Sudan, who's having a world, who's having a civil war, and they believe about 300,000 people died. Syria, they believe uh, about a million people died. And, and it's just going over our heads like it's nothing. You know what drives me crazy? I'm sorry, I'm just going to rant a little bit. No? Kids are here? <laughs> Maybe. I just, I just know that many times, like, we say, oh, we don't deal with innate racism within our hearts. We don't deal with that. Then what happened to all our Iraqi flags when 200 Iraqis were killed two weeks ago from an ISIS bombing. It's okay, like we, or we, our hearts are out for France and our hearts are out, out for England because they're Western civilizations and they're, they're such good people. And then right away, we, we don't think we, we deal with innate racism. I'm sorry, we do. Do you know in Rwanda about 10 years back, there was a million people who were murdered and we, NATO didn't even send any troops in there. They did nothing. Can you imagine if, if a million people were being killed in Canada? Do you know how crazy we would go as the United States? Because we think some people are worth value and others are not. And we don't need to say it out loud. It is, it is just very blatant. And I was just thinking this is crazy because this is going on right in our face. And where, where is our flags? Where is, where is our angst? Where is our anger? But we deal within ourselves certain bigotry within our own hearts that we cannot see, that is hidden. And I'm saying, God, forgive me. Where is the church? Where is the church, God? 
Where is the setting the oppressed free, God? Where is the breaking every yoke, sharing food with the hungry to provide for the poor wanderer? You know what the poor wanderer is, biblically? It means immigrant. It actually means refugee. That's the word refugee. The Bible will cost you everything. Following Christ, salvation is free, but following, walking in the footsteps of Christ will cost you everything. It will. It will cost you even the things you don't want to do, even though you might be hurt in the process. He's still calling you to that. And sometimes we go as much as it doesn't cost us too much. Like, I'll go a little here, God, but I'm not dealing with bigotry in my heart. They are. But I'm telling you, it's in all of us. It's in me. And I'm just asking God, please forgive me, God. Forgive my soul that I see a world not through your eyes, God. And God replies to them, and I believe he's replying to us, you look like you're doing right. But if you think you're seeking me, but you're not seeking the needs of the poor, the oppressed, the hungry, the marginalized, you don't even know me. You got the wrong God. You got the wrong faith. Don't turn away from your flesh and blood. Do you know, the, you know in most religions, God always sides with the powerful and the rich. Do you know that? Oh, they must be powerful and rich because God's with them. They, oh, they must, they must, they must, we, God always sides with the people on top in most religions. But in the Bible, if you ever read who God is, he says, I am the father to the fatherless. I am the God of the widow. I am the God of the oppressed. I am the God of the hungry. And he never has ever sided with the powerful. If you, if you, if, uh, even through the kings, the, the God never sided with them. God always sided with those who did not have. How did Jesus come? Did he come as royalty? Came with nothing. And sometimes in our own hearts, and I'm just challenging your hearts because I don't know where you are. Where do we side with? How do we view God? How do we view God? God, you must want me to be so blessed because you like me so much because I've been so good to you, God. I've been seeking you. I'm eager to come after you. I've been fasting. And God's like, you don't even know me. That's what it says in the word. And I've been thinking about it with Black Lives Matter, shooting of black men, shooting of police, ISIS bombings. All this is very in our face right now. And I want to ask, how are we responding? Are we mourning with those who mourn? Are we weeping with those who weep? Stop trying to debate why they should not feel the way they feel. That's a crazy thought. Like, they're feeling a certain way. We're like, you shouldn't feel that way. How crazy is that thought? I know you're really struggling and you feel like ostracized, but you shouldn't feel that way. Let me tell you why. That is not the place of the church. We were supposed to mourn with those who mourn. Jesus cried with Mary and Martha when Lazarus would die. He already knew the outcome, but his heart was broken for them. He was mourning with them. Jesus wept. There's even a verse there. Two-word verse. It's awesome if you want to memorize a verse. Right? All I want to say is this. Stop trying to debate. Don't try to judge. Join them in their pain. Don't turn away from your flesh and blood. That's what Isaiah says. Learn to hurt with them. Put yourselves in their shoes. Don't tell people, why are you crying? 
Why are you crying? Join them. Verse 8, if you do these things, verse 8 says, then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will come up quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call on the name of the Lord, and I will answer you. You will cry for help, and he will say, here I am. The thing I'm talking about today, caring for the oppressed, giving to the poor, we don't do these things to gain favor from God. We don't gain these things to be saved. We do these things because we are saved. And I'm talking to the Christians in here. And if you're on the fence of what we're supposed to believe, this is what we're supposed to believe. Here's the difference. One is trying to earn God's favor, say, I'm doing good things. This is what the people were doing. The other is being so moved by the gift of Jesus, by what he has done on the cross. You want to become part of the story, the greater story. You want to be like Jesus, like no one. You want to follow him. You just want to give your life to him. That's what a disciple is. That's what mission is. So here today, you are having a hard time. If you're to here today and you're having a hard time with faith, with purpose, with meaning, and you're like, what is this life for? Well, if, if you're having a hard time in family, with joy, with direction, with the fullness of life that Jesus has promised us, where, there's, where you know there's more to life than this, I want you to do something with me. I want you to do something with me, and I want everyone to participate. Everyone, breathe in. Keep breathing in. Keep breathing in. Keep going. Keep breathing in. Don't breathe out. Keep breathing in. Keep breathing in. Keep breathing in. Some, at some point, you'll die if you keep on doing that. You can let it go. At some point, man, if you don't breathe out, just think about it. If you just take, 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 at some point, you'll perish. And this is true of our spirits. If you keep on breathing in, you keep on taking, you keep on learning in church, in groups, in life, with your stuff, right? In your relationships, if you're a taker and you don't breathe out your faith, your spirit, your mission, you will fade. You will perish. You got to breathe out. You got to breathe out. It's part of the natural rhythms of life. You breathe in to breathe out. You breathe in to breathe out. You take in from God to push out and pour out God. Most of us in here, we don't need another sermon. Some of us do. But what we need to do is we need to do what we already know to do. Most of us in here, we don't need another revelation. We need to love our neighbors. Yeah, the one you don't like. That's right. We don't need more Bible studies. We need Bible doings. We need to breathe out and be a part of the greater story. And I know that you need to breathe in too. But some of us, we breathe in so much. And then you tell me, John, uh, you know what I need? I need, I need you to do this, this, and this. I need more Bible studies here, more, more this. Some of us, we just need to breathe out. If you're new to faith, yeah, you need those things to breathe in. But if you've been around Jesus for more than a year and a half, two years, you need to learn to breathe out. We need to breathe out to be part of the greater story. Restoration. Can you imagine if Christians stopped whining about the world and instead of we push back the darkness, heal the broken, the oppressed, the wounded, and the hungry, what kind of voice then would we have? No one would doubt your voice then. Breathe out. I'm not here to make us feel bad, but I, we need to have a change of heart, a change of mission, a change the way we view life, change the way we view ourselves, our money, and, and that we're not 
the point. So here are some ways. These are just functional ways, and kids can do it. We can all do it. This is practical ways that we can breathe out. Because I want you to start somewhere. I don't want you to, okay, John, I heard this message. I'm going to Sudan tomorrow. That's not what I'm telling you to do. If God's calling you to do that, go for it. Because they're kicking out everyone, all the missionaries right now because no one's allowed in there because of the war. And some of us have not even heard that there is a war, right? Surprise, surprise. But I want to give you some simple ways you can breathe out in your life. Invite your neighbors over for dinner. Pretty simple. Invite someone new here for lunch. Some, some people here, they just need to build deep relationships, and we have never breathed out. We're like, someone invite me. Right? I don't know. I'm not inviting no one. Someone invite me. Sit on your front porch instead of your back porch. Because you want to start a relationship with people. Coach a local little league, basketball, soccer, baseball. Coach. Yeah. Have you ever coached? We, I've coached for many, a couple years now. And it's such a great way to like just, man, just to impart into children character and, and to encourage parents. Instead of eating lunch alone, invite someone and learn their story. Learn their story. Don't tell. Man, sometimes... I'm, I'm not, I'm, you go out with someone and they just talk the whole time, you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, oh, I was going to, oh, okay, and you, they just keep on, shh, oh, kids are here, be quiet, just be quiet, learn to listen, and get to work early and pray for your coworkers, when's the last time we've done that, these are such simple things that we can do to change the atmosphere of where we are at. Make it a daily habit to encourage. Don't do all of these. You'll never get them done. Find one that you could do. Bring an extra snack and give it away. Organize a running group, walking group. Build relations. Make every effort to avoid gossip in the office. This is a good one. And if there's fights, help reconcile it. Be part of the restoration. Offer to throw a shower for your coworker who's having a baby who don't have, who they don't have family in the state. Do it. Be the first person to greet and welcome new people at your work. Go out of your way to talk to people who people always overlook. There's certain people in your office that people don't talk to or overlook. You be that person to go. Lead the charge in organizing others to help coworkers in need. You're on a mission. You're on a mission. You're on a mission. You're on a mission. And the, the best way that we as a church to, to kill ourselves here, like to destroy what we're building, is to focus on us. I'm telling you. And some of us, we've been in church for a long time, we're not going to like it. Tough. We need to get uncomfortable. Because that's how God is moving us today. I know you can feel it in your spirit. That's how God's moving you. But we've denied it. We've denied it. We can either ignore it and say, God bless me, or you can embrace it and say, God, use me. Today, you can be convicted, but even, you're, even if you're not convicted today, even if you're, God, you're like, I don't, it didn't really move me today, it doesn't matter. The truth is the truth. I don't care how you take it. The truth is the truth. So I want to tell you today, that's the cost of following Jesus. And if that's not what you want, 
I'm telling you, this is not what you want to sign up for. This is not a good way to build church. But it's not what you signed up for. Man, if that's not what you want, you don't want Jesus. You want some other God that we made up in America that's way more comfortable and way more nice. He's like Mr. Rogers. He wants to welcome you to his neighborhood and sing songs with you and play with puppets. All right? But if you want the Jesus of the Bible, it's going to cost us to live on mission. Let's stand and pray. The guys, if you guys can take, grab the communion and start passing that out. Let's just bow our heads for a moment, and if your family is near you, just hold hands with them. Yeah. Grab hands with your family. I think it's important. And just take a moment just of silence, just to be quiet, and listen to what God wants to say to your heart. How can we be on mission, Lord? I don't want you to just move my heart, God. I want you to move my hands, my feet, and my life. Mercy, justice is not optional, God. We are part of the restoration story. Let God speak to you just for a moment. Just pray, God, how can I live in your mission? Father, speak to my heart. How can I live in your mission, God? How can I bring heaven to earth wherever I am, God? Go ahead, Jen. Just take a moment where we think of God. Just take a moment. Really, I'm asking you to pray. Lead your family in prayer. Just repent. If you need to get right with God, get right with God. Just get right with God. Do it right now. God, forgive me, Lord God, of my comfort, of my sin. Forgive me, Lord God, that I think salvation and life is about me, Lord God. Even if I don't say it, Lord God, I live as if I'm the main point and not that you're the main point, God. Jesus, Lord God. Yours is the kingdom, not my kingdom, not my will be done, but your will be done, Lord God.
On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that was broken for you. This is what Jesus did on the cross for you. He said, this is my body, this is my life that was broken to pieces for you. As you take of this, do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. best your body on that same night he took the cup and he said this is the cup of the new covenant and what that means kids is that no longer do we need to sacrifice anything it's not by our works but it's by the work of Jesus that instead of going somewhere far to the temple to say forgive me we can go right to Jesus and say God make me new make me fresh that's the new covenant that we have direct access to God and you do and he says this is the cup of my new covenant whenever you drink of this cup do this in remembrance of me let's remember Jesus together Heavenly Father, let's pray. As we leave today, Lord God, we leave on mission, Lord God. And I pray that we need to work this out in our own lives, Lord God. And even if it's frustrating, Lord God, and it's convicting, Lord God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that, it, Lord, we, it is a response, Lord God, of someone who has given their life to Jesus, who have been saved, Lord God, who have been healed, to say, my life is now yours, Lord God. It must be go on mission, Lord God. And as we leave here today, Lord, as we leave through these doors, as we get into one of each other's lives, I pray we live in, in mission together, Lord God, engaging life, Lord God. It is not an option. It is our desire, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Get to know one another. Some of you guys need to get to know one another. Invite someone to lunch. God bless you guys.